This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today's episode is called Getting the Most Out of Your Social Security. With me today, I have Amy McFarlane. Welcome, Good morning, Amy. Mary. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? I am great. Thank you. So we frequently talk about retirement-oriented topics, and Social Security is one that we've definitely talked about um, on prior shows, but we get a lot of requests for clarification on understanding how Social Security works and how to understand the maximizing of the benefits that Social Security offers. And Mary, I want to tell our listeners that when I first heard you talk on this, I thought, oh, this is just going to be really tedious. But I have to say to our <laughs> listeners, I have heard you talk on it and stay tuned. It's You make it very interesting and you do a lot of, huh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do you take a, something that's as complex and mysterious as Social Security and make it engaging to listen to for a half hour? <laughs> You're going to give it a try, doggone it. <laughs> Here we go. Buckle up. <laughs> So here's the thing, like many programs that are entirely run by the government, there is a lot of complexity and there are a lot of ins and outs and there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rules yes. surrounding Social Security. And hundreds and hundreds of rules for you and then different hundreds and hundreds of rules for me. Yeah, you know, and for your just, spouse, unbelievable. Yep. <laughs> and it makes a difference if you're married or if you're single or if you're divorced or if you're widowed. I mean, it's if you've just... you've been married. <laughs> yes, if you have been married before. Yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, it, there is so much to understand and know about Social Security, which is why we're going to devote this entire show to talking about how to maximize it. Because okay. really, that's what we want, right? Right. So regardless of the rules, we just want the most out of it that that's we right. can get. And yeah, <laughs> and it's just interesting to me that that is actually a choice now. Yes, yes, you know. it is. And and that, I think, is probably one of the nicest things about the whole system is that there is some choice involved. And so you can influence and make um, conscious choices about how to take your benefit so that it does align the best with your life. Mm -hmm. So what you choose might be different than what somebody else chooses on how to take it. But and that's fine. That's why there are choices because everybody's lives are different and ultimately what you want is to do the right thing for you. Right, right. So what we're going to talk about today is um, how your retirement age actually affects your benefits. Okay. We're going to talk about the effect of delayed credits and um, address this issue of is it best to take it early or to wait. Okay. And then we're also going to talk about this tax loophole Um and and you, I guess loophole maybe isn't the right word for it. I guess it says tax surprise. <laughs> loophole surprise. generally indicates it's good for you. Surprise is maybe the better way to say that. <laughs> but not sting, necessarily. <laughs> it could be. Depends on how it rolls for you. Yeah. So we're going to talk about how taxes interplay with Social Security because that's one thing that is really difficult for people to understand is that sometimes triggering just a little bit more income can create a tremendous amount of additional oh, tax. Okay. So we'll we'll spend some time okay. on that in the in the latter half of the show. Okay. So Amy, when you think about social security, what's the age that you think about perhaps taking your social security? Um I have looked a little bit and 
I'm hoping to live healthy, Mary, and go si- till 67. Go just well. Go, I hope you're with Stark Financial until you're 67. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had looked at when I was studying some of your notes on this, and I couldn't get over the difference in the increase in Social Security at 62 versus 67. Oh yeah, yeah, it's absolutely um, tremendous how yeah. much it can go up. So let's talk about this thing that's called your full retirement age. Your full retirement age triggers off of your birthday, okay? So if you were born between 1943 and 1954, your full retirement age is 66. Okay. If you were born in 1955, your full retirement age is 66 in two months. <laughs> and then it starts to get weird, oh my right? Gosh. Like every year after 1955 that you if you were born in that, it adds 2 months to the formula. Really? Yep. So 1956 is 66 in 4 months, 57 is 66 in 6 months and on and on and on. Okay. So there's a little bit of a method to the madness that they just added 2 months to your full retirement age for every year that you were born later. Wow. Okay. That's And if you were born in 1960 or later, then right now you're at 67 for your full retirement age. Okay. Now, I think that's very interesting because I'm wondering why they stopped there. Yeah. And I was born in December of 59. (laughs) (laughs) So you're 66 in 10 months. You you squeaked out an extra two months there, Amy. (laughs) So here's the thing about the full retirement age is that full retirement age really matters for two very specific reasons. One of them is that that's when you get what is considered to be your full benefit. And the other is that that's the magic age that you can get your full benefit and still work and earn an unlimited amount of income without having that income reduce your Social Security. Right. Okay. Okay. So, Amy, have you um, looked into like what's the soonest age that you could take your Social Security? I have not. In fact, I just had an email um, that came, I think, Friday. And as you know, Steve is in IT security. So mm-hmm. I sent it to him. I said, is this real? Is this really from the government? <laughs> because they're asking for my social security number. And I doubt it's real. Yeah. And he said, you know what? They are. Because I couldn't remember my password. Oh, so they, okay. And he said, yeah, that's the Gov website. But I know I've been told to. And I was going to look and I have not yet, Mary. So. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So here's the answer then. Is that the earliest that you, you can take. Yes, this one I know. <laughs> the earliest you can take social security is age 62. 62. Yep. So if you're between 62 and your full retirement age, then you've got two kind of important things to think about. Okay. Number one, if you take it during that point in time, your benefit's going to be less. Mm-hmm. And number two, if you take it during that time, then you only can earn a certain amount of money. And if you earn over that amount of money, then you're going to have to pay some of that Social Security back. That would be no fun. No. Let me tell you, I think that's going to be one of the worst checks to write. <laughs> like, people don't like writing an alimony check. Exactly. <laughs> people don't like writing a check for their taxes. But let me tell you, writing a check back to Social Security, <laughs> that tops the cake. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Look into your crystal ball on that one. Yeah. This is not a check you want to write. Let me tell you. So... If you um, are wondering what that income amount is, I'll tell you that it changes every year. So it's roughly sixteen to seventeen thousand dollars right now. 
And next year, it probably will go up a little bit more. But you'll want to be really careful about that. So a lot of people, if they decide they want to trigger their Social Security early, they are really, really careful about not earning a dollar more than that income limit. Mm -hmm. And if they do, then they have to pay it back. So if you can structure a part-time job... Mm-hmm. To make less in wages mm-hmm. than that sixteen to seventeen thousand dollar cap, that's going to be your best bet. Sure, sure. Okay. So, all right. Now, there is also just as there is an earliest age that you can take it, which is sixty-two. There's a latest age that you would want to take it. Oh, and the latest age that you want to take it is age seventy. Right. So, if you Delay taking it beyond age 70. Amy, do you know how anything about how that works? Yeah, I know from uh, your seminar <laughs> that um, <laughs> nothing changes after 70. You might, you know, you might as well. That's where it maxes out. Correct. Yeah. So you don't get any increase if you wait until you're 72 or 74. It doesn't grow in terms of a monthly amount past age 70. Okay. So if you're thinking about delaying it to try to get a bigger number, that might be a smart thing to do. Sure. Because delaying it every year beyond your full retirement age Mm -hmm. is going to increase the amount of the benefit by 8% for every year that you delay. Okay. That's a pretty healthy increase. Yeah. But that increase stops once you're 70. (laughs) <laughs> yep. <laughs> so there's literally no reason to delay taking it beyond age 70 at okay. this point. Okay. Now, that might be one of the fixes that the government puts in because mm-hmm. one of the scary things about Social Security is that they are, in fact, going broke. Yes. So that the Social Security statements that you get now, they say on the front of them, you know, there will there's already more money being paid out than coming in and by 2000 and whatever and i think the last one i saw was maybe 2028 okay they will have exhausted their resources and they'll be running on a deficit i love those disclaimers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like one of the worst things about retirement is the fear of running oh, out of money exactly right and we know and- social security is going to in fact we know when the government knows exactly how you feel <laughs> Yes, they're worried about this too. So if one of the things that you want to do is try to figure out how to maximize your amount or how Social Security applies to you, we would love it if you would join us at our seminar that we have coming up called Maximizing Social Security. Yes. And what's really kind of fun is that we partnered with Western Iowa Tech's Mm -hmm. Lifelong Learning Program. Yes. And um, actually, Amy was instrumental in getting that set up. Mm -hmm. And we've done a series of seminars, and this is the last one in our series for this fall. The Money Matters. Yep. The Mm -hmm. Money Matters series. So we did one on retirement readiness, and we did one on... Um, portfolio portfolio pitfalls pitfalls (laughs) and how to avoid them. (laughs) And now we're going to talk about Social Security. So if you want to join us, it's on November the 1st. We'd love to have you come. Yes. And I do want to say to our listeners, um, that is this Wednesday um, at 630. And Mary, you have got such a good turnout for this that Mm -hmm. looks like we are moving to a bigger room. So so bring on (laughs) more. (laughs) A lot of KCJ listeners are are in attendance. Fantastic.
Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today's topic is maximizing your Social Security benefits. So we talked a little bit about the full retirement age and then the effect of taking it early or taking Social Security benefits late. And what I want to talk about now is how it works if you are divorced or if you're widowed. Okay. Because these are probably two of the absolute most confusing ways that social security works along with what you're entitled to if you're married. Okay. Okay. So um, if you're married and your spouse claims their social security that, and, and you're ready to claim yours, then one of the things that people don't always understand is that the spouse that has the lower social security amount is entitled to a spousal benefit to get their amount up to at least half of whatever their spouse's is. Okay, so at least half. Yeah, so that means, Amy, like let's say that your Social Security was $3,000 a month and Steve's was $1,000 a -hmm. month, he would get a bump of an additional 500 500. up to be half of yours. Sure, okay. Okay, so here's kind of the uh, funny thing about it, but also the cool thing about it (laughs) is... Social Security is not going to just voluntarily tell you that you're entitled to this if you're already on claim. So if you go in together and you're both going to trigger your Social Security at the same time, then they are kind of likely to tell you about that. Okay. But if the spouse who has the smaller check has already started theirs, and then the spouse that goes in and is going to have the larger check starts it later, okay. Social Security Administration doesn't usually say, oh, by the way, did you know your spouse is eligible for an increase? Really? Yes. Okay. So if if you're listening out there, And if you both have Social Security triggered and one of yours is less than half of the other and you're married, I would suggest you make a trip to the Social Security office. Let them write you a check. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And this has happened. We did a seminar about retirement planning and I was talking about this and one of the listeners was surprised by that because her check was significantly less than half of her spouse's and she had started hers first. So she went into Social Security and not only did she get a $400 a month raise in her amount, but they also gave her back pay for all of the months that she should have gotten that and didn't. Nice savings plan. (laughs) Yes. So they gave her a check literally for over $10,000. Oh my. Yes. Isn't that fantastic? So if I'm serious when I say this, listeners, if your check is less than half of your spouse's, (laughs) it might be a good idea to go make a trip to the Social Security office and inquire as to whether or not you're eligible for some more. Wow. Now, if you're divorced, then there's some other quirky rules. So and these rules kind of make me giggle. So if you were married for at least 10 years and now you're divorced, then if your ex-spouse's Social Security was more than half of yours, you can claim off of that, too. Now, some people out there are smiling with glee, thinking they can stick it to their ex-spouse with this. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm here to tell you, it does not harm them in any way. 
This is no retribution or revenge or anything like that. Um, This is that Social Security pays them their full benefit. And if you were married to them for long enough, they'll also give you that spousal benefit. Okay. So it doesn't harm them. And and here's the crazy thing. Like, in this day and age, there are a lot of people out there who've been married more than once. Yeah. And divorced more than once. Yeah. And if you've been married to more than one person for more than 10 years, why then you can just pick your spouse that you want to trigger (laughs) off of. I want a divorce, but not until. (laughs) Yes, I want to wait till 10 years. And I want somebody who had a large social security amount. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That probably wouldn't count with common law. Um. You know, I think that it does because it's still considered a marriage in a common law state. Okay. Yeah. So, but not all states are common law. Mm -hmm. So, Oh, sure. um, But here's the interesting thing about that. When you can pick a spouse like that, Mm -hmm. if, if let's say some gentleman has been married four times for 10 years or more, he might have four ex-spouses triggering off of his benefit. (laughs) Doesn't affect him at all. (laughs) And we wonder why social security is going broke. Oh my God. No kidding. Yeah. So um, if you are in that situation, pay a visit to the Social Security office and see if there's anything that you are entitled to. You will need the Social Security number of your ex and you'll need proof that you were married and divorced. So that's something that they'll require. But then if you're entitled, you're entitled. Right. It's called an entitlement program. (laughs) Okay. And then if you're widowed... Then there is a whole nother set of rules. So if your spouse passed away while you were married to them, then that whole 62 age being the earliest that you can trigger benefits, that rule no longer applies. Okay. So sometimes if you're widowed, you can actually start claiming widow's benefits as early as age 60. Okay. And not everybody's aware that there's an earlier age in some cases that you can trigger some of those things. Really? Okay. Yep. Exactly. So, all right, let's talk a little bit about taxes and Social Security. And this is probably the biggest gray area that's out there when it comes to Social Security planning. All right. So one of the things that um, is kind of interesting about how taxes work, first of all, and and not everybody understands this, is we have brackets, right? So brackets doesn't mean that if your income gets up to this level, then all your money is taxed at that bracket. Bracket means that you're taxed in chunks at different levels. So like the first so many dollars of your income has no tax. The next so many dollars has 10% tax. The next so many dollars has 15%. The next 25, you know, so depends on the year and depends on if you're married or not and in your tax situation. Okay. But it's not that all of your um, income is taxed at the highest bracket, but the last income that you make is always going to be taxed at the highest bracket. Okay. Right? Sure. So what that is called is provisional income. Okay. Okay. And provisional income means that if you add up everything that you actually have earned um, or gotten from Social Security, from ordinary income, from dividends and capital gains, and from non-taxable interest, then that is kind of what your provisional income is. And when you add all those up, then that total of those things 
all of those incomes plus half of your Social Security income is what gets us to this provisional income level. Mm -hmm. And then that's the level that they decide to tax your Social Security at. (laughs) Oh, I see. So we have brackets for ordinary income, which is like your wages. Mm -hmm. We have brackets for dividends and capital gains, which... That bracket depends on how much your ordinary income bracket is. Mm -hmm. We have brackets for non-taxable interest, and then we have interplay with the Social Security taxation. Okay. Okay. So here is um, something that will kind of blow your mind. Right. Okay. So let's just say that you knew you were in the 15% tax bracket. Right. Okay. So whatever your um, amount of income is, and I'm not even going to say a number because it doesn't really matter. Everybody's 15% tax bracket is going to be a little different based on their situation. But let's say you knew that you were in the 15% tax bracket and you decided that you wanted to take out an additional $1,000 from your IRA. Okay. So you needed a little bit more money. Okay. And so if you did that in the 15% tax bracket and your income was such that you had ordinary income, you had some dividends and capital gains, you had um, your social security, a little bit additional income that's taxed as ordinary income can throw you over the hump where your capital gains are now taxable at a higher oh. level. And it can throw you over the hump where your social security is now taxable. <sighs> and so there's this little weird place in somebody's tax return where a small amount of more income creates a new tax Gee. on several other kinds of income. It's super confusing but it's there. And so inside this little, um, you know, we call it a tax map. Wow. We look at their tax map to see, well, where's that little spike where a little bit of additional income can create massive taxes for you because it triggered tax on stuff that wouldn't normally have triggered it. Mm-hmm. All right. So how do you know if that's you? <laughs> Get a good tax accountant. <laughs> Yes, for sure. Now, we don't do taxes, but we sometimes will, you know, help people look at their taxes and be able to say, listen, we think you're in this bracket and we think you need to go back to your CPA or to your tax preparer to look at what's the effect on your total provisional income of this additional income that you want to take out to spend. It might mean that you should bump it till next year. You know, or it might mean that you should take out three times as much because after you pay the taxes, (laughs) that's all you're going to get. Right. So that's a little gotcha that's out there that you have to be careful of. So a capital gains tax would could affect that if you just sold a lake home and you say, oh, you better wait till next year. And it's the combination of all of them that create the issue. So hopefully that uh, helped you understand that. If nothing else, you should talk to your tax preparer about this. So thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. We hope you've learned a little bit about how to maximize and get the most out of your Social Security income. And have a fabulous day. 
views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sterk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.